Hey, and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey, and it is my prayer that this podcast will help you to activate your faith as you explore the Bible. And it'll help us to activate our very lives as we apply the Bible and as we serve God and love people. Let's pray, and then let's get right into the Word of God. Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Jesus, I thank you that you are have come to set every captive free. Jesus, I thank you that you have come to forgive us, to free us, to save us, to help us, that you come, Lord, to minister to each and every heart. And I pray that today you would minister to us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you lead us and guide us. And I pray that today would be a day that our hearts and our ears and our minds would be open to what you have for us. I pray, God, that you would use me like a cup and I could just carry living water to people. Jesus, I thank you that you are that living water. So Lord, I pray that you would be so evident in everything I'm about to say. And Lord, that your word would just uh, just change and, and create a new, fresh perspective in our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I'd like to talk to you about a message entitled, Come Near. And not too long ago, I was reading through the Bible, and I got to a certain portion of Scripture, and I couldn't move. I couldn't go any further. I wanted to read more words, but I was stuck right there. And the portion of scripture says this. It's in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. It says, Joshua was near Jericho. That's it. Joshua was near Jericho. And I was stuck right there. So I began to wrestle with God and say, God, what is it you want me to get from this? small sentence. What is it that you're trying to speak to me? And I waited and I prayed and I listened and I got nothing. So I moved on. That night I was sleeping and I woke up around three o'clock in the morning, sat right up in bed. And all I could think about was Joshua was near Jericho. So I got out of bed. I went down to the couch and I began to read and to pray. I said, God, what does this mean? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me here? Joshua was near Jericho. And the Lord led me to Luke 19.41. This is going to really surprise you, but here's the little scripture. Jesus was near Jerusalem. So now I have two. Joshua was near Jer Jericho. Jesus was near Jerusalem. And we look at these two events. We look at these two situations. Joshua was right on the brink of beginning to change the whole map of history as the people were, of God were about to physically, literally take over their enemy. And then on the other side, we have Jesus, who's coming into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, when people are yelling Hosanna and putting palm branches on, and he's coming in, and it's just about the time when Jesus is about to battle the biggest battle in history, and he's not battling a physical battle like Joshua. He's battling a spiritual battle where he is going to overcome hell, death, and sin forevermore. So we have a physical battle and a spiritual battle. But in both of these instances, it's right before the action. Joshua was near Jericho, the big battle. Jesus was near Jerusalem the big battle. Things were about to change as we know it. And I'm sure that all of heaven looked down at Joshua in that moment. I'm sure the angels in heaven, I'm sure God looked down at Joshua knowing he's right on the edge. 
of what's about to happen. And the same with Jesus. As he's looking out over Jerusalem, Jesus knew that he was entering Jerusalem to die. He knew that he was entering Jerusalem to be raised again to life, that everything was about to change. Let's first look in Joshua and see what was happening right before this big battle. What was leading up to it? The people of Israel had been slaves in Egypt and had gone through a number of different events. But they've come to this point in their, in their history where Joshua has taken all of the soldiers, all of the men, and he says, we have to consecrate ourselves before the Lord. Consecrate is a verb. It's an action. Consecrate means to literally get rid of anything that doesn't belong. Consecrate is a verb, an action. That means you're going to dedicate yourself to a sacred purpose. You're going to dedicate yourself as holy unto the Lord. No matter what it is that's holding you back, you're going to say, I'm done with that. I'm facing the direction of God. And the, the men of Israel did this, and they did this through circumcision. And after the time of circumcision, we have in Joshua chapter 5, verse 9, then the Lord said to Joshua, this is right after their consecration, right after the circumcision. He says, today I have rolled away the rep reproach. Today I have rolled away the reproach. Reproach means the disgrace, the shame. Today I have rolled away the disgrace of Egypt from you. So as they made themselves holy before the Lord, he said, there's no more shame on you as a people. You're not the slaves of Egypt any longer. You are now soldiers in the army of the Lord. And the same is true with us today. As we come near to Jesus, as we say to Jesus, I want to consecrate myself. I want to get rid of any unholy attitude, action, purpose, stronghold in my life. I want to become holy, consecrated, set apart for a sacred purpose. When we do that, the book of Psalms reminds us that not even a shadow of shame, not even a shadow of shame will be on your face. You will be forgiven completely, set free, no longer carrying a weight of shame. You will be justified, just as if you had never sinned before. God will look at you that way. Imagine the freedom, the childlike freedom you would have if you had never been entangled by sin ever. That's the freedom promised to the children of God. So now this army is saying, is said to be, you are set free from the shame of being slaves. You are now part of the army of God. Now Joshua comes near Jericho. This is a city with walls that are too high to climb, to fight through. Jericho was a stronghold. It was the first big battle for the Israelite army. How are they ever going to defeat Jericho? Well, now they were no longer a slave army. They were a, a, a soldiers in the army of God. 
I'm sure as Joshua came near Jericho, all heaven was looking because a big turn in all of humanity was about to happen. The physical takeover of the enemies of God was about to to begin. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 says, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? There was a clear line for Joshua. He knew whose side he was fighting on. He had made himself sacred for one side and one side alone. He was no person in the middle. He wasn't flopping back and forth with the wind. He wasn't deciding today to be one way and the next day to be different. He was on the side of the Lord. So he asks the man, are you on our side or the other side? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence. And he asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And the commander of the Lord's army laid out a battle plan, step by step by step by step of what the army had to do. And Joshua listened. A few things to be aware of. Joshua got the battle plan when he came near to what he was supposed to do. He didn't get his battle plan when he was sitting in his tent, belly aching because he didn't know what to do. He didn't get the, the message or the memo until he started walking. He was already right there doing the mission that he had been called to do. And on his way to Jericho, he got the specific battle plan. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and supernaturally the stronghold, the walls supernaturally fell down. And the Israelite army was victorious over their first enemy and it didn't stop there. Joshua went on to fight battle after battle after battle and he defeated 31 different kings and the Lord's army advanced. And now the people of God had their own land. They were victorious over their enemies. We have to look now at how does this apply to Jesus coming near Jerusalem. As Jesus came near Jerusalem, he was about to fight a different type of battle. He was about to fight a spiritual battle. And in Luke, we see as he looks over the city of Jerusalem, he weeps and he cries. And he says something along the lines of, if you had just seen that God had literally come to you, if you had just opened your eyes and seen that I was here. And Jesus comes, and though Joshua defeated 31 kings, Jesus defeats every, every stronghold, every sin, every enemy, every bondage, every sickness, everything that would stand in the way of being a child of God, he defeats. And now there is free access to God. Supernaturally in the story of Joshua, walls that were unable to be penetrated fell. Supernaturally, they crumbled right down and the victory was won. The parallel in the story of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection is this. In the temple, 
There was a place called the Holy of Holies, and only the priest was allowed to enter the Holy of Holies, and the priest was only allowed to enter on certain days and at certain times, and after he had washed himself in certain ways and dressed in certain clothes, and certain sacrifices had been made, made offered before God. And the Holy of Holies was re- reserved for that face-to-face meeting with God Almighty. And it was not for a common man. You had to be in the right bloodline. You had to walk through every ritual. And the Holy of Holies separated God from common people, from mankind. And the Bible says that as Jesus died on the cross, when he defeated sin on our behalf, as he took the penalty for our sin upon himself, the chastisement of everything was laid upon him and taken off of us. Something supernatural happened. In Joshua's story, his narrative, the walls came down. In Jesus's narrative, a curtain was torn in two. That was the curtain separating the Holy of Holies from the common people. It was a sign. It was a supernatural showing that now everyone had access to God Almighty. Everyone was free to come. And we look again and again at John 3.16. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But I want to take a look at John 3.17. John 3.17 says this, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. I'm going to say that again. Whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned. Whoever, whoever, Jew, Gentile, slave, free, woman, man, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned. Because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world but the people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have been done, what has been done in the sight of God. This draws a line in the sand, a deep line where you cannot stand in the middle. It says that Jesus came to set people free. He came that whoever would just believe in him and accept the forgiveness that he paid for with his very life. If you would accept that, you cross a line and you come on God's side. You are called a child of God. You stand blameless, forgiven, and free. But it says that most people won't accept forgiveness. Because in order to accept forgiveness, their deeds have to be exposed. They have to step from darkness into light. And as they step into light, their evil is shown. Well, here's the news. We're all victims, participants in sin. 
We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not any of us righteous. We are all in the same boat together. We all have to take that step across the line and say, I have been living in darkness. I have been living in sin. I've been living with bad attitudes, bad actions, bad habits. And I'm crossing the line today and I'm exposing my sin so that God can heal me, so that God could shine his light on me through Jesus. And then there'll be no shadow of shame. There'll be no guilt. There'll be no label left on me. I will be free like a child who has never sinned. Which do you love more today? The darkness or the light? You can only stand on one side. Joshua and his army consecrated themselves to one side and one side alone. Jesus made a way for you also to come across the line. And not only to come across the line, but he tore the curtain in the temple, meaning that you now in your holiness that he's given you, in your title of child of God, you can come boldly and freely into the presence of God himself. And not only can you come into his presence, but he will love you. He will direct you. He will guide you. He will uphold you. The choice has to be made to step out of darkness and into his glorious light. Joshua came near Jericho. Jesus came near Jerusalem. You are near somewhere today. Maybe it's to make the step across the line. Maybe today's the day where you're going to say, you know what, darkness, I've stood in you long enough today. I don't care who sees or who knows. I'm going to expose the truth of my sin and so I can be healed. I'm going to expose the truth of my sin so I can be healed. Maybe that's you today. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, That means say it out loud. And if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. If that's you, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you will be saved. Maybe today you've consecrated yourself already. You've already taken that step across the line. You've taken on the name child of God. And maybe you're on the edge of a big battle. Maybe you're on the edge of an impossibility. Come near to God. Come near to God so that he can give you the battle plan. So that he can speak to you his ways because his thoughts and his ways are so much bigger and higher and different than ours. If we want to be on mission for God, we have to listen to God. If we want to be on mission for God, we have to listen to God. If we want to be on mission for God, I know I'm saying it three times, we have to listen to God. And to be like Joshua, as he went near to Jericho, the battle plan was given to him. It wasn't while he was home, sitting in his tent, waiting. It was as he went So if God has given you a mission, if God has given you something to do, begin to start walking towards it. Begin to prepare yourself. Get yourself to the place where you're consecrating every evil thing off of you. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Because there's a big battle ahead and you need to get close to God. And as you go, God will give you the battle plan, the specifics. 
but he wants to see your faith in action as you walk towards that thing he's given for you to do. And I know that there is a plan and a mission, a mission for each one of us, a purpose for each one of our lives that's different from our everyday jobs. It's a supernatural mission to serve the King of Kings because we are the children of God. We are children of the light. And when we go places, darkness has to flee because the light is there. We change environments when we listen to God and we go where he tells us to go and we talk to who he tells us to talk to. When we put on the the evidence of the Holy Spirit in us, love and joy, it's counterculture, peace and patience. It's not like the people that we're uh, usually in contact with. It's a different pattern. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. It's not common. But you have a mission to love the world. You don't have a mission to condemn the world. That wasn't even Jesus' mission. It's our job to love, bring peace and joy and hope into places that have no hope, that have no business being joyful. We bring joy. So whether today it's for you to step across the line from darkness to light, or it's to come near to God in the sense that you need to start walking so that he can give you a battle plan. Whichever it is, come near to God. You're on the edge of something. You're on the edge of something. Don't turn back. Keep going. Listen and walk. Listen and walk. Listen to the voice of God and keep going forward towards that mission that he's given for you to do. There is no lack of people to minister to. There is no lack of people who need joy. They're everywhere, all day, every, every place that we go. We just need to open up our ears and our heart to what God would say for us to do and to say. I don't know what you're on the edge of today, but I know that all of heaven is watching. There's a great crowd, a great crowd of people in heaven watching and cheering you on. And there's example after example after example of people who have gone before us, who have lived out lives of faith, and they are cheering you on from heaven, saying, go, 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 come near to God. The Bible says, if you seek him with all of your heart, you will find him. And he has a purpose and a mission for us. He has a plan for us. And with God, the framework of what we think that life is, is always movable. It's always shakable. It's always able to be turned up on its side. We think things are one way, but God is a supernatural God. We may look at a Jericho and say it is impossible to fight that battle. There is no way that the slave army was getting through that wall. But God flipped it. He said, you're not a slave army. You are the army of the Lord and supernaturally tore down that wall. We look at Jesus, the son of God. And sin had entered the world and infected every single person, the DNA of every single person in the human race. And it looked impossible for things to turn around. But then Jesus came and lived a perfect and sinless life. 
and the impossible became possible and the veil was torn in two and people now had, every person now had access to the king of all kings. If God can do that, if God can save people from their sins, then surely he can take your situation and turn it around. If God can make an army rise up to defeat another army, then whatever battle you're facing, he's proven that he can do it. So turn your attention off your problems and turn your attention on the problem solver, God. Turn your attention to him. Listen to him. Begin to walk and listen to what he would say to you today. You're on the edge of something. Listen to what God would say. Let's pray. Jesus, you are our ever-present help in times of need. There's nowhere where you aren't. You are everywhere all at once. And God, you care deeply and specifically about every single life. You're the one who breathed life into us. You're the one who created us with this personality, with this body type, with this everything. You created us. You know us. You knew us before we were born. And so God, as we come and we seek after you, as we come near to you, God, I pray that you would give us wisdom and understanding, that God, you would give us clear clear blueprints of what we're supposed to do for you. God, I pray that every person listening would go boldly into your throne room of grace, would go boldly before you, and that, God, you would pour out your love, your grace, and your purpose over each and every one of us. God, we choose today to draw near to you. We choose today to trust in your might and your power. We, we know that you empowered the Israelites to fight battle after battle after battle, and you can empower us to fight any battle that we're facing. We know that if you can save the entire human race from sin, then surely you can save us from our present situation. Help us to see your plan because your ways are higher than ours. You see the end from the beginning. You are called the Alpha and the Omega. You are the author and the perfecter and the finisher of our faith. So God, whatever thing we need to walk through, whatever thing we need to walk around, help us to have a glimpse of your plan. Help us to draw near to you. Speak to every heart in life, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.